Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. What's going on? What's going on? It is Women's Wednesday. Welcome to Brother from Another Show. What is going on? Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> hey. So glad we got to be a lot of black. I know, right? We got a lot of black girl magic here today. Shout out to Michael Smith and Michael Holly for making sure we had the space to do this today. Um, yes. Rita, what are you? What are we here for, honey? I mean, you already mentioned it. It's, it's Women's Wednesday. It appears that they've been doing a trend of having women on on Wednesday. So we're just continuing the the trend. And um, I'm just glad to be here, man. It's really glad to be with you. Uh, it's glad for us to talk about sports, have a platform to, to talk about what we love, which is sports. And we've been doing this a long time. So I'm just glad that we're we here really together. Have. We have the opportunity. Yeah, we to talk really have, like... Like, just to kind of give people a little bit more background on the both of us, I know I speak to me, um, been in, been working in sports media for over 10 years. I had my own sports media company called Fans Favorite Fan, where we shared fan experiences and did game day reporting and was able to work with a lot of, like, networks as well as, like, universities and athletic programs. But my passion generally was mentoring uh, people that looked like us that wanted to work in sports because a lot of us were told no coming in the door. And so we're like OGs in the game. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I, I, I give Rita the space to kind of, you know, fully introduce herself. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, man. I started behind the scenes, was doing some production. Um, I did some writing. I started my own blog. And that's where my name, the NFL Chick, comes from. And then, you know, I started doing some radio, some local Baltimore radio. And I, I still am here. I, I do um, a weekend show on 105.7 The Fan here in Baltimore. And we don't just talk Baltimore sports because there's only two major ones. But we talk about everything. So I'm just really excited to to you know find to have a platform to really talk about all things sports it's been a long road for both of us but you know i think that we can both agree that that the process has been really sweet so right it's, it's been beautiful it's been hard but it's been beautiful and i think the biggest thing is that for the both of us we are literally like sisters from another because in general <laughs> we've, we've been <laughs> see we need to spread off i like that, that one <laughs> sister from another mister can we, can we get that going <laughs> <laughs> but we but we made sure we built that community and that camaraderie for the both of us, as well as other other people that worked with us back in the day or, you yeah. know, just kind of fizzled out for the most part. But in general, we both have our own communities that generally cross over and we're just always rooting for each other. So I think that that's so dope. So dope. Absolutely. So, so we've got a, yeah. we've got a dope show. We really do. We we have we have really a great show today. We have uh, Nakia Duncan to talk NBA. We also have Sheena mm -hmm. Quick, 
talk some NFL and then we'll also have some quick hits as well you know where we'll talk about some things that's been on our minds uh, in the sports world and give our opinions about that so I'm just really excited we're coming off of NBA All-Star Weekend I know you and I both have a lot of opinions about that so I can't wait to talk about that and you know we're we're starting to get into the thick like the end of NBA season so now you know playoffs seating and and, and all of that is starting to matter I think if you're fan right that's a good thing because not too many guys are going to be sitting what what do they call that again when they have the players sit I forgot the technical term that they use Um, load management is that it yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think this is if you're an NBA fan, you probably this is a good chance to probably go to a game because I feel like low management mm-hmm. is last because teams are trying to get into the playoffs. So, should be yeah, a good time. yeah, yeah. So we're gonna break right now for a commercial, real quick, and we'll be right back with our first guest. appreciate it I appreciate it um I truly don't think I deserve all this because I, I know I've done a lot of good things in basketball but I haven't done them yet in a son's jersey and I'm looking forward to doing it so um I want to go out there and do as most as I can and be the best that I can every day for you guys so I appreciate the warm welcome but I got more work to do favorite uh, Kevin Durant. I don't know if anybody knows this, but I love me some Katie. He is petty and I mean, he's just who he is. I love every I love everything about it. I don't care what people have to say about Katie. So Nikias, please be <laughs> kind to Mr. Durant on this show today. Uh, we appreciate you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But joining us now is Nikias Duncan from Basketball News. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nikias. Just oh, no. <laughs> you there? Hello? Okay, I hear you ah. now. All right, great. <laughs> okay. So, obviously, obviously, you know, that's, that's Kevin Durant talking. We know he got traded to the Phoenix Suns. So, there's been a lot of talk about what his impact can be once he's able to play. Um, you got a lot of people that really feel like that KD can can catapult this team and then there's some people that's even talking about his legacy is on the line if they don't make it and win the finals first of all how do you like this trade and where do you see this going how far can the Suns go with KD um I do like the trade uh, I will say Mikael Bridges has been hooping all year long and he's doing the thing in Brooklyn right now as well but this is Kevin Durant anytime you have a chance to add a talent like that especially mid-season and to kind of inject some life into a team that you know, fresh off the finals run a couple of years ago, embarrassing loss last postseason. You have a little bit more Chris Paul decline. Devin Booker's missed some time. So now you plop Kevin Durant in the mix of this, like, hey, let's get this thing going. I think it's a really good move for Phoenix. As far as the legacy portion with Kevin Durant, like, I don't really buy into that. Like, watch him play and you understand how great he is. Like, he's one of the greatest scorers ever. He's one of the greatest players ever. Has two rings, has two finals MVPs. Like, as much as people clown the Warriors stint, like, he was the best player on those teams. So I don't really get into that portion of it. I will say, if you cash in the kind of chips that you did with Phoenix, again, Mikael Bridges gone, Cam Johnson gone, four first-round picks, and you're doing this for KG, who is currently out with the injury, has been 
he's missed a ton of time over the last two, three years. He is 33, 34 years old. So, like, you are really pushing all your chips to the table. I think this hurts the Suns more than it hurts Kevin Durant's legacy if they don't end up winning. But assume, if KD is able to stay healthy, like, I think at worst, their second, third best team in the league, I think they have a real chance of winning the title this year. So with that, um, how do you think his is his initial response in that clip where he's like, hey, you know, I haven't done anything here yet. Like there were a couple of fans who were taken aback by that because they want to be excited about something. How do you think that's going to go over with the fan base there? Um, one, I was just surprised at how the introductory press conference was held. I think it was a bunch of season ticket holders. They had it in the arena. I got to watch that live. I was not there, sadly, but I got to watch that live and someone asked KD a question before he can answer it's a standing ovation it feels like I think they are already very excited about what he's going to bring to the table uh as far as the answers go like I don't know if that's going to be any kind of downer it's very it's very Kevin if you've heard him speak before like he he knows how good he is but he's also like hey I got a job to do so I and I think that's common between guys like him like the late Kobe he was like that as well a lot of different athletes like hey job not finished let me do what I need to do. And then y'all can say what you need to say. I'm focused on trying to get this title in here. And so that was kind of the tone of his presser period. There was a lot of, I'm excited to get to work. I'm excited to do the work. I'm excited to put in work with my new teammates. I'm excited to prove myself to the Phoenix Suns fans, which it's kind of funny because it's Kevin Durant. Like you already know how good he is. Like, I don't think there's a Suns fan. Like, wait, what can he do? So right. I, I'm not too worried about it. I'm not either. Um, and I'm actually excited for, for this to happen because the West is just, a mess and I mean that in a good way right mm-hmm. like you know the east I feel like we know you know Boston is the is the creme de la creme right and then everybody else is going to try to claw at them but the west is just so muddled with talent and Kevin Durant simply added to that Kyrie Irving added to that so there's just so many question marks right and of course I gotta ask this because you know there's a whole Lakers contingent out here so I'm curious to know your thoughts like what do you think happens to the Lakers you know I know that they made their trades they brought back D'Angelo Russell I'm curious to know like do they have a chance in this playoffs if they make the playoffs like do they have a real chance or is it just thanks for coming God bless and good night (laughs) (laughs) I lean more towards the latter, honestly. I do think I liked a lot of what the Lakers did at the trade deadline. I think it was very important for them to balance out their roster in a way that it just was not at the beginning of the year, turning Russell Westbrook into two players that can shoot and another player that can really defend and kind of flow between multiple positions in that way. I think it was very important for them. But with the way that the season started, it's going to be a climb for them to get into the play in and stay in, stay there. And even if they're able to win their way through that, now you're looking at a first round series with Denver or if Phoenix yeah. continues to make their way up the standings, it's a seven game series with them. I don't, I don't see title contention for them. Like, I don't think that's LeBron's fault or like Anthony Davis been in and out of the lineup, but he's been really good when he's been there. It just feels like they're behind the eight ball with how their season started. So I don't really see a deep uh, playoff run for them this year. Understood. Understood. Let's bring this down South just a little bit. So we have heard that in the city of Atlanta, another team needs another head coach. So what do you feel about the coaching search for um, the Atlanta Hawks and how they need to go about finding someone that not only can coach on the court, but can actually, you know, maintain some type of rapport and culture in the locker room? Because clearly we've been hearing things about that locker room and a lot of issues that have been happening in there. But 
who's going to be the person that you can think of that could be available right now that could come to Atlanta and shake things up? Ooh, well, one, that's a good question. Two, kind of feel for Nate McMillan. Uh, the Hawks and everyone else goes on all-star break, and I guess he just gets the call like, hey, Same. don't worry about coming back. Like, that's yeah, right. that's kind of tough. Uh, <laughs> but as far as the Hawks job, I would say, I think I read one of the front runners for the job or someone they really want to talk to is Quinn Snyder, the former jazz coach. And I think that's probably the best blend that you can find of the X's and O's and kind of maximizing that roster. He's a brilliant offensive mind. I do think with the addition of DeJounte Murray this year, he's been good, but trying to figure Mm -hmm. out the fit between him and Trey Young, trying to figure out how you are utilizing the bigs, John Collins for like the 15th year in a row in trade uh, rumors because they're trying to figure out how to best utilize him and with that salary slot. So I think Quinn in the way that he kind of preaches the off-ball movement and it has... Um, has history with the Utah Jazz with another not as ball dominant as Trey is but he's had uh, the experience with Donovan Mitchell and kind of building an offense around him and having movement and having shooters that way Um, I think this is going to be a multi-year thing either way but I think even if you bring in someone like Quinn who one has the X's and O's down two has that experience with a guard that can kind of pull up and play make the way that Trey can or in a similar way that Trey can the roster is still a little bit short on shooting and movement shooting. And I think yeah. you're not going to get, you're not going to get that offense maximized in a way without adding that. So I think this right. is going to be more, what is the front office going to do with the personnel more so than right. how can the coach, especially this year. So, so if we got any Hawks fans listening, don't be expecting somebody to come in the door and bring in a title. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Can't get that that early. Like shout out to Nate. If you remember when he, took over for Lloyd Pierce. Like that's when the Eastern Conference Finals run happened. Yeah, and I yeah, think they just kind of yeah. needed that, kind of needed more, uh, I guess, a stronger voice in the locker room. Mm-hmm, and even that, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. we see how it ended a couple of years later. But right. I don't know if you get that same blend because it's like you're, the Hawks are also trying to work in new roster pieces on top of mm-hmm. figuring out the voice. And I think when Nate took over, you kind of knew what the core was, what they were running they just needed an extra jolt. And so it's going to be a little bit different this year. I I wouldn't be expecting a major move uh, for the Hawks in terms of the standings or their playoff viability. Understood, understood. Let's stay over East is what we like to call it in Baltimore. It's either over West or over East, right? Uh, (laughs) You have the, we already talked about the Celtics, right? But, But you still have the Bucks, right? You have Giannis, obviously, and you can never count out a guy like Giannis um, and we know last year in the playoffs, they they didn't have an opportunity to be in their, their at their full capacity uh, because of Middleton. How do you think that they can contend against the Celtics now, uh, bearing injury, of course? Um, if they're healthy, like I, I picked the Bucks to beat the Celtics last season, and that was with Middleton out. I thought Giannis was going to do enough to kind of dominate the paint on both ends to kind of get that done. If they're healthy now, like I do think they've added to their bench. I think Joe Ingles has been very good for them. Um, we're going to see how the Jay Crowder acquisition works out whenever he gets back on the floor. Has not played so far this year, but I think his ability to defend, his willingness to shoot, and he can get pretty – he's a streaky shooter, but once he gets hot, he really gets hot. But just his presence allows the Bucks to kind of unlock some of their better lineups and really maximize what Giannis does, so that's exciting. I – if they're healthy, like, I would not be surprised at all if they come out the East. Like, they would probably be my East pick, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just really? because of how much faith, just because, uh, just because of how much faith I have in Giannis, the creation from Chris Middleton I think is very important for them. Drew Holiday has had himself one heck of a year and having to take on a larger load as Chris Middleton missed the first portion of the season. That big three, more bench depth, a little bit more shooting. They have the size advantage over over Boston. 
I think they can get it done if they're healthy. I'm a little can, can I, I'm gonna push back a little bit, Dawn, real fast. I'm a little Go concerned. Ahead. <laughs> I'm a little and I'm a little concerned because I feel like I just watched them play the Celtics without Tatum, you know, <laughs> without the big guys, Brown, Brown, and they. I mean, they. I believe they won in overtime. They did win, yeah. I mean, they didn't have their best players. I'm concerned. No, I think that's fair, and I think Boston. If they don't have the best team in the NBA, they at the very least have one of the deepest ones. Like I just recently wrote an article about Derek White. He's been starting for them. They've used him as a six man when they acquired him last year. Derek White could start for just about every team in the league. And the fact that he's like fifth or sixth on the pecking order for them just kind of speaks to how good they are. I think that's fair. I would also just point to last season without Middleton and with Giannis having an inefficient season, they still pushed Boston to seven. And it took Grant Williams, I think, taking like 18 threes. And that was part of the game plan. Leave him open, dare him to beat them. And he did to his credit. And so I think with that, I, I really think it's a pick them in that kind of series. Honestly, like Boston's really good. Jason Tatum's taking a step. Jalen Brown's taking a step. I think Giannis has been incredible despite <clears throat> a weird roster context for him in spite of the injuries. And as they've gotten healthier, you've seen the run that he's been on leading up into the all-star break. So I, I wouldn't put it past it. Like, I, I think that's a seven game series either way. I would probably pick Milwaukee again, but Boston's tough. I think though I think to your earlier point, Boston and Milwaukee are kind of the clear cut top of the East. And I yeah. think everyone else is at least a tier or two below them. Mm-hmm. So so are we shifting now from the N- NBA, like the men's NBA to the WNBA? <laughs> are we ready for that? Like, because you know how I am. Like, I don't, you know, whatever. We can. Um okay, so let's 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 touch up on, you know, Candace Parker's moment, you know, at the M- NBA All-Star uh, game and her just kind of stepping into what could possibly be us watching her already in her like second act, you know what I'm saying, actively. Um just that transition and how how well she's doing and doing that and also maintaining her status as a professional athlete. Candace Parker is incredible. Like in whatever context you want to put her in, like I, I'm very impressed with the work that she does. Like this is, I think she what first woman to be the be main part of the main yeah. broadcast crew for an All Star yes, game. Yes, so that's really sure. dope. But but even beyond that, her work on Inside the NBA, I think she has the Tuesday slate with Dwayne Wade, uh, or was Dwayne Wade now Jamal Crawford. She's been doing work there. Been doing work with NBA TV, and. I don't think we have to spend too much time on how great she's been as a basketball player and how inspirational she's been on and off the floor in that regard. So I don't have anything bad to say about Candace Parker. I guess I'll put it that way. I wasn't expecting you to have that bad, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I, we, we just need to raise the Not on today's show anyway. Not on today's show. Oh, no. She deserves her flowers. She deserves her flowers for sure. She deserves. She deserves. Did you have the opportunity to go to the All-Star by any chance? I did. I did. It was cold out there, but it was fun. So <laughs> I enjoyed myself. Okay. All right. I mean, because I was curious. I was just curious to know the vibe, you know, like, you know, obviously this is not um, a city that, you know, we would normally say would ha- host an NBA All-Star weekend. But I was just curious to know, like, the vibe of it all in different, you know, what was the word? Surroundings, I guess I'd say. 
It was in Atlanta, I'll tell you that. <laughs> stark difference, okay? Stark difference. <laughs> yeah, a, l- a little bit different than Atlanta, I would say. Like, this was my third All-Star game that I've been to. I went to the one in Charlotte, and I went to the one in Chicago before the world shut down. And so comparing Utah to those two, like, I like it just it was not Chicago, even if you had some of the same weather concerns, like, just in terms of everything that was available to do if you wanted to get into whatever. Uh, that was different, but other than that, like I do think it was pretty well put together, uh, considering what the locale was and just the the size of it. I think that did pretty well. But I think my biggest concern was just one, just going back to Sunday, what the All Star Game was, because like part of the complaint that I would have is like, eh, the fan experience wasn't super great. But that's more so because of what happened there. Absolutely the game was terrible. Not. The game yeah, was terrible. Yeah. Like that's that's not that's not Utah's fault. That is the players did not give effort, and so like right. that kind mm-hmm. of makes it that kind of simmers it down a little bit but overall i think utah did a pretty good job of hosting okay i mean so, I, we, I, so I, do I we want to touch right yeah i mean <laughs> I, I feel that i feel that wholeheartedly and you know I, that fan experience you know i'm real big on that i pay attention to what fans say and what they're doing and i just do i still don't understand how salt lake city was chosen like i'm not dissing y'all so don't come for me because i will pull up but the point is, is don't go back to places like that where you just, you got to create something in order to make some things happen around the fan experience. Like, it's like you almost got to bring a full, like, culture, reculture setting or something like that to kind of, like, bring it in what fans are really looking forward to. And I don't, I don't, I just, I feel like it's too complicated. Why not go places where, where the fans are asking to go? So, Yeah. I like that you pointed all of that out because, yeah, I wasn't feeling it, period. I was sitting at home watching it, and I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I believe you, man. It was, it, it was weird energy in there. Like, I would say the NBA did try. Like, again, they one, they hosted the game. They hosted the event. And I think Salt Lake did a good job of hosting multiple things around the area. And even with the halftime show, like having Burn the Boy there, having Tim's there, having Rimba there. Like, oh, that there was, was an attempt. Yeah, like, there was an I attempt mean, made. Tim's? It's just. Tim's? God, that was, that was Atlanta. That was, I was going to say, now it didn't play towards the demographic in which they were that located. Part, that part, they could not appreciate. Yeah. It, you could hear a pin drop out there. However, I was over here, you know, jamming on the one when it was coming on. So, you know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, quick question before we kind of, you know, wrap up with you. Um, Brittany Griner's return, you know, how how are we feeling about that? What are you hearing? What do you what do you forecast for her? Um, because you know, in so many ways, I've always been one to advocate for her mental health overall and to making sure that she's ready to be back on the court, which I'm sure she is. But what are you seeing? What do you think um quite possibly could be in the cards for her in this upcoming season? Um, honest, just to be frank about it, like that isn't something that I've given a ton of thought to yet. Like my friend concern is like, hey, let's get her home to, is she okay, period? Is she ready to really integrate herself back in public? Which that's why I've made my heart smile of uh, seeing the pictures of her at the Super Bowl not too long ago. And, you know, also helps that she was cheering for Philly, you know, made me feel a little bit better about that too. <laughs> but it's nice to see her like getting back out there and stuff. So my main concern has been, how is she mentally? How is she spiritually? Is she going to be okay? As far as the basketball, like one, that's just secondary to me Two, just by sheer force and what she is, even if she's 70% of what she was the last time we saw her play basketball, that's still one of the most dominant low post scores in the league. That's still one of the most dominant interior defenders in the league. 
And with what the Mercury have at least attempted to do this offseason, bring some players back, make some moves. Like, I think they're going to be not in that upper tier. Like, I do think the Aces and the Liberty, I think, are clear top of the league. I think the Mystics are a very clear third. But once you get into, like, that four to six range with the teams, like, new look sparks, we'll see what the Sky are doing. They've also made some moves. Like, I think the Mercury can be in that mix. Uh, I guess the Atlanta Dream as well. Got Alicia Gray uh, early this offseason. Really like what she brings to the table on both mm-hmm. ends. I think the Mercury are going to flow around that, like, third tier. And if you get them in the playoff yeah. series, we'll see what the matchups are going to look like. But I think Brittany can still be yeah. dominant on the interior on both ends. But ultimately, I hope she's just okay. Brittany, we love you, girl. Yes, absolutely. But, but thank you so much for joining us. You have been one of our day ones who has always supported the both of us. So when we got this opportunity, your name popped up first because we wanted to share this space with you. So thank you for joining us. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you for allowing me to share the stage with y'all. Keep killing it. <laughs> At Nikias MBA, guys, if you want to follow him. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He's over here putting together a dream team, and that's such a far cry from this time last year when they couldn't pay anybody literally to come here and be an offensive coordinator. No one wanted to walk into the train wreck that was the Carolina Panthers at this time last year. And now he has just such a healthy mix of youthful, I guess, bright, invigorating new ideas with a healthy dose of veteran leadership. So I think that um, he's putting together a dream team. I like it. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. We've got mm-hmm. we've got FaceTime with our girl Sheena Quick. Hey girl, hey, welcome. <laughs> now, um, you are one of the Panthers beat, beats writer, and I, you know, and what you just touched on says a lot just about a team and how things can shift for a team. Kind of talk about what's going on with the Panthers right now and how the energy is sitting for them right now as a team as a whole. 
I think it's on the upper trajectory after Steve Wilkes didn't get the job. A lot of people were pissed. I was one of the people that really thought that he should have gotten that job based off of what he did with that team over the last 12 weeks of the season. Um, didn't have a, a QB one. They were down to their third string quarterback. They had offensive starters out. They had defensive starters out. They traded their best offensive player and he still finished with a 500 record at six and six. So a lot of people were disappointed that he didn't get the job, even though after hearing David Tepper's reasoning as to why Frank Wright got the job, I get where he's coming from. And Frank Wright is the franchise's first ever offensive based head coach. And let's face it, they have not been good on the offensive side of the ball, even when the defense has shined. So I understand the hire and, um, I really think it just points to the to the discriminatory practices of the NFL as a whole, where it's the norm the normal trajectory is offensive coordinator to head coach. The problem is there aren't a lot of black offensive coordinators, so it's systemic right. in that regard. So you get a David Tepper who might is I don't think he's discriminatory, but the premise and the basis and the infrastructure of the NFL definitely has been when it comes mm. to those head coaching jobs. Yeah, I agree mm -hmm. with you. I, I do. Think yeah, I, I agree, agree too. That, you know, that type of um, pipeline because we don't see as many um, offensive coordinators that are black. But I, I really like the staff that they're putting together. I'm a fan of Frank Reich. I mean, I'm, I'm a Maryland girl. So, you know, he went to Maryland. I'm, I'm very well aware of his career. Um, and then he's really putting together uh, some guys that's going to make this team really look good offensively. Here's my question, though. Who's going to be the quarterback? Like, who is Carolina trying to get? Is it a, somebody in the draft? Are, look, are they looking for somebody in free agency? Are they looking for somebody in the trade? And please do not say Lamar Jackson on this show. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> um, but, but but that's the biggest question mark, right? Because like you said, we saw yeah. what Wilkes did with, with essentially just guys, right? Baker Mayfield, yeah. Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, guys at this point. Um, and I really think that they need a quarterback that can really try to push this so what is in their cards for trying to fill that position I think they're definitely going to have to draft their quarterback of the future I know Matt Corral is still on that roster it's unfortunate for him that he didn't get yeah. a true shot his rookie year but this is the NFL and it's you know school of hard knocks and sometimes that window of opportunity just disappears it's not fair but it's football I do think that they will try to trade up to get up from that number nine position because they're not going to get their guy at number nine, not someone that can play right away. If they have to pick at number nine, I think Anthony Richardson is your guy who I think has a crazy amount of upside, but he's not ready to go in and start immediately. He's more of a project, maybe a, a season two, season three. Um, but I don't think they kick the tires on any more retread quarterbacks. I wouldn't. They're 0 for 3. You had Teddy Bridgewater come in, then you had Sam Darnold, then you had Baker Mayfield, then you had to still resort to P.J. Walker, who played the best out of all three of those quarterbacks last year. And right. I don't know that he's going to be on the roster this year. So I do think we see the Panthers try to move up. I'm not going to be, you know, super overly optimistic about them getting to one. I don't think they're going to be able to get to one. Um, you got Indy and you got Houston, who are also need quarterbacks that are going to be jockeying for that number one position. I don't think the Panthers can pay to play. I think best case scenario for them as far as getting a quarterback in the draft, I think that if they're able to trade up maybe to three or four, but I don't think they're getting to one. So so here's my wishful thinking, because we all know I'm a Buckeyes fan. Do you think maybe they might could get a CJ Stroud? They hope so. They better trade up. Like, what if you they think trade up. <laughs>
they trade yeah. up is definitely a possibility because I'm just looking at the draft order. You got the Texans need a quarterback. Uh, the Colts need a quarterback. The Raiders need a quarterback. So they're going to have to, to hop up there to be able to take the second quarterback off the board, which could be Bryce Young, could be C.J. Stroud, but those are going to be your top two quarterbacks off the board. And if the Panthers, you know, they're going to barbecue a meal, dude. They got a lot of picks from that Christian McCaffrey trade. So they have some draft capital that they can play with. But um, I certainly think C.J. Stroud is definitely a target for them, a high target. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites. So talk about your... your... Go ahead, go ahead, I apologize. CJ Stroud, up to me, has the better, you know, he's more pro ready yes. to me anyway, in terms of like what the league is now. And I, I'm, I'm specifically yes. talking, Bryce Young is too, but Bryce Young is, is a traditionally, you know, uh, pocket quarterback. And he's small. He's super small. CJ Stroud can at least move around. You know, he's, he's yeah. very athletic in that regard. So I think that that would really be a good a good move for you guys, but you're definitely gonna have to move up to get him because he ain't gonna be there. At definitely, nine. He, he's not gonna <laughs> be there at nine. He is. That's why I was like, I'm not gonna go ahead and sell no pipe dreams. He's not gonna be there at nine. I think that uh, we may have a more clear indication of who QB three and four are after next week in Indianapolis and after seeing those guys perform the combine. But um, I agree with you guys. I think CJ Stroud would perfectly fit directly into this Panthers offense. They were able to get the run game established last year, but I don't know if they're going to be able to bring Deontay Foreman back. So that's going to be another big part of their offense. Um, DJ Moore still almost got to a thousand yards because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. DJ Moore can be out there playing with Aiden, my seven-year-old is his quarterback. He's (laughs) going to get his start. I'm team Aiden. I'm going to say that now. I'm team Aiden. (laughs) He's going to get those yards. Aiden would love to hear me say that, but he's going to get those yards. So I think when when you pair him, with uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., who had a really good season. I think he's due a really a, a breakout season. He wasn't utilized too well in during the Matt Rule era, but I think we see a change in that um, going forward with Frank Reich, especially with uh, the quarterback that he's going to be able to bring in. Either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud can sling that thing, and Terrace Marshall is going to come down with it. If it's in his vicinity, he's coming down with the ball. So they have some pieces on offense, and just making the right decision at quarterback is going to determine whether this team is a wild card or a division winner because the NFC South is there for the taking. There's Absolutely. no clear cut winner. This is the this is the year to do it. So either one of those guys fits into that. Um, and again, the offensive line finally had some cohesion last year, but you got to bring back Bradley Bozeman. He's a free agent. So the Panthers have to lock down those key free agents that were able to move the needle for them last year. And I feel like the quarterback is the last missing piece. You drop him in there with Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, who I'm really, really excited about um, as the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. And this this team has tremendous upside. I mean, I thought that they were a playoff right. team on paper last year. They just had some offensive ineptitude, you know, with the quarterback shuffle, the quarterback carousel. And we're not going to talk about the Matt Rule era because he's almost like Candyman. We say his name too much. He's going <laughs> to pop up on the podcast. <laughs> It's either gonna be him or his wife, you know what I'm talking about? It's gonna, it's gonna be him or his wife that's gonna pop up, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> With a burner account. Listen, I finally just told. I said, "Listen, ma'am, you need, aren't you supposed to be a corn husker Twitter? Because you just, just a little too salty every time somebody gets excited about this new coaching staff. Like it's just time to go right. ahead and go back over to Nebraska. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I think this team can finally, I guess, reach its potential. With the coaching staff, you got young minds, you got veteran leadership, and now you got some players that are, are, I guess, more uh, more so veterans. You have if you get a healthy J.C. Horn back, 
Jeremy Chin needs to move the linebacker. I don't know why they're playing with him. Uh, <laughs> then you have Dante Jackson. Um, I mean, sky's the limit, honestly. I'm, I'm excited. I think a lot of the fans are excited. And I think that even people that had their reservations and were pissed that Steve Wilkes didn't get that job, even they have to, you know, admit, okay, he's kind of putting together a dream team over here. Like every tweet that you get from the Panthers with new hires, he's like throwing haymakers. I mean, he's coming through with some heavy hitters. Jim Caldwell, Dom Capers is back. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> My favorite thing about Dom Capers. Don't you say it. Don't you say it. I'm going to lock this over to you, Dawn. But real quick, my favorite thing about Dawn Capers right now is that he got the Beijing with the slick down. Okay, he looks fantastic, honey. And I love that for him. Okay, he got ready. Listen. He was ready for that press conference. What did Cat Williams say? What did Cat Williams say? Don't be acting like this hair ain't luxurious. Okay. <laughs> That's all I keep on saying. I said, okay, coach. That's so what we're doing. Okay, coach. I'm sorry, Dawn. I had to oh, get that out. It's, it's back to you. But I, I, I just want to let y'all know he was he was looking mighty fine at that press conference. He I was felt rest. it. I felt it. I felt it. <laughs> so no, like I knew, general, it, I we knew you were coming with it. <laughs> we, we, we all know that, you know, the franchise tag period began on Tuesday. So, you know, what players do you think we should be expecting to be tagged or who do we, who will we find out has already been tagged? You know what I'm saying? So talk about that. Cause you know, me personally, you know, my, my dating life, I don't want to be tagged, but you know, that's, that's a whole other conversation. We talk about the end of the Don, Don, Don. Honestly, I can say, I actually have no idea. I have no idea. This is a whole new staff. You don't know what premiums they're placing on which players. Um, I know a lot of people have their eyes on Shaq Thompson and if he's going to get a, a, his deal restructured or not, or if they're going to cut him, he's like a $24 million cap hit. So, um, wow. yeah. Yeah. So that's why I say you just never know when the new guys come in, you don't know which, where they're placing value at. And this is such a, a talent rich mm -hmm. roster that it's, it's anybody's guess for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you look around the league, because there's other players, you know, obviously that are potentially tag worthy, right? Let's look at the mm -hmm. Giants, for example. They have uh. both their quarterback and their running back that are free agents. If you're the Giants, do you tag Danny Dimes? Do you tag Saquon? What do you do here? I think you tagged Danny Dimes, and I'm probably in the minority um, saying that, but running backs have a very small window. Um, Saquon hasn't always been the healthiest, and so you have to take that into account. This is coming from somebody that saw Seed Mac play <laughs> 11 games over like a uh, over a two-and-a-half season period, so you have to kind of have that in the back of your mind as well if you are the Giants. But um, that's what I would do, but I'm not the team owner, so I guess we'll have to just kind of wait and see. Well, he's asking for $45 million, so I don't... I, now, I don't know. I got Kurt Jones for laughing at that tweet. I got Kurt Jones for laughing at that tweet. Allegedly. I got to raise the cash out rates, because if people like that is asking for a top pick, listen, I got to raise my money. Mm-mm. ain't going to yeah, be able to do should. it. I mean, listen, <laughs> I have no problem... I have no problem with people asking for, you know, they're overblowing their worth, right? I have zero issue yeah. with that. 
Um, but I'm sorry, it's laughable. It's funny uh, that you can get $45 million. Uh, I'm a person that believes that I'm worth a billion dollars, but it doesn't mean that I'm right. going to ever do that in my lifetime. So, <laughs> no, I'm not, mad. I'm not mad. I'm just saying that, you know, it, 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 us on the outside don't necessarily see the worth. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I had to click and make sure it wasn't like a parody account because you know sometimes they'll get Damn you with those, hard. especially because people can buy blue checks now. I had to make sure it wasn't a parody account because I was like, ain't no way now. I know he ran a Philly special and had the one-handed catch on the Panthers a season and a half ago, but <laughs> 45, Danny. <laughs> 45. <laughs> oh goodness. So real quick, Sheena, I know you went and covered the Super Bowl. Talk about that Super Bowl experience this year. Cause you know, I turned that down and I was like, I don't think I want to be in Glendale. You know what I'm saying? So how did you feel so about did I. <laughs> a lot. Well, see, you might not have wanted to be in Glendale, but Scottsdale is where it was at. I thought yeah, Scottsdale was a vibe. I spent most of my week in Scottsdale. Yeah. So it was definitely a vibe. And more so to me, and being the mom of three Black boys, I thought it was huge that that was the first um, Super Bowl between two Black starting quarterbacks. I think it's a shame that it's taken this long, but I did think it was really mm-hmm. cool to be a par- to be a part of that experience and to um, witness it firsthand. So I thought that was cool. Um, of course, everybody's against that last call. You hate for a classic game like that to come down to a call like that, but you know, such is life. I thought it was a good game. Um, I thought that I mean, at the end of the day, Travis Kelsey gonna score. He's gonna score. He's gonna dance. He might give you some stanky leg. The perk ten dance. What do they call it? The perky dance is what they what the kids said. He was <laughs> some perk. Some perk dance. I don't know what any of those perk dance, dance, perky, perky dance. I have no I idea. I know like my mom. One of those old perky dances. <laughs> but the, um, the, I, it was a good the game. Giddy, the jitty. What is it called? I don't know either. I don't know. The, the gritty. The gritty. The <laughs> okay, little... that's it. The gritty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great well, uh, Sheena, I, I you know left what? out the house. <laughs> that part, that part. Well, Sheena, we appreciate you being on here with us. Um, you know, just like we was telling the kids, you know, we had to come up with people that we wanted to have on the show. You've always been equally supportive of us as well. So we wanted to share this space with you and kind of introduce you to this this community. So yeah, girl, thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you guys for sharing your space with me. I feel so special. Thank you for coming. We appreciate you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com.
T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's his value? What makes him a good officer coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching, and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you what Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about um, Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film of practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. Mm. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Then you, then you go to the, the Washington, where you got to call plays. You got to run the meetings. You got to run the installs. I, I just, that I, is words. Really. That is Listen. words from a man named Shady, by the way, who calls himself Shady. Girl. So you know how I feel about this, this young man. And I just feel like, you know, Yes, he's a former player. Yes, he's been in that locker room. But you've also been benched by said coach. So you have a lot of feelings, quite personally, that you possibly have not processed yourself in that moment because that was a big to-do. That was a big issue there to where Andy Reid had to back up Eric on that decision. And so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, is this coming from a place of you genuinely trying to tell the general public what goes on in the locker room or is this coming from your personal feelings of this black man trying to elevate himself in this league that you're no longer a part of yeah i I got a there's a couple of things here you know uh mr shady uh is trying to be a media figure and so we all know that shop journalism is where people are going nowadays so to me he's Mm -hmm. trying to make a name for himself also Mm -hmm. LaShawn mccoy didn't even play a full season in kansas city um he was a stopgap running um that that didn't play an entire season um they just filled it filled in the gaps because they you know we know that the chiefs really don't run the ball mm-hmm. they thought that he could potentially help in that situation which ultimately he was non-existent um right and here's the thing too don anytime that you make me have to use tyreek hill as credibility which i am very disappointed <laughs> in me having to do um, I, I got a problem with you, okay? Because yeah. I, I, don't, I think Tyreek Hill is not a nice human being. And I'm, that's, that's mm-hmm. just me putting it nice. However, even Hill has come out and, and uh, gunned for and said Eric BM to me should have a job. He spent years in yes. that office. So who am mm-hmm. I supposed to listen to? The guy that spent years in it and was an intricate part of the offense. Or the dude that didn't even spend a whole year there and then really was uh, an afterthought, a footnote of sorts when he was there. That's that's what I did. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go with the one that was there, <laughs> you know, and can actually, you know, speak to this person's experience and the level of coaching that they should be on. Because one of the things that, you know, I kept getting dragged on my timeline for, I did have a lot of support in what I had to say about Eric having to quite, you know, get ready to leave, you know, the Chiefs in order to level up 
he shouldn't even have to do that, honestly. Somebody should just be willing to just hand him a job, honestly. And at this point, yeah, it could be a lot of, of secession, you know, over there with the Washington commanders and all of that. But in my opinion, he shouldn't have to go. You know, he shouldn't have to really go to an organization like that in order to get to that point because the expectations then become even harder for him in that space just because now that he's a new head coach, now everything is going to be on him and he's got less time than the mediocre white coaches that generally get these jobs and have all the time in the world to rebuild and, and, you know, almost create a whole new stadium, quiet as it's kept, within, you know, 10 years per se, where they can kind of figure out what they're doing with the with the um with the organization and with the team and what's happening in the lo- in the locker room. So I just feel as if I'm just not going to listen to you know Shady McCoy and just just chuck that up that he was just trying to get him some hits and some listens on, on Twitter for the day. Yeah, I'm not again. If you call yourself shady like voluntarily, then you're already telling us a lot about you as a person. And so I, I'm not interested in listening to him. He's gotten into it with other. Um, former players, him and RG3 kind of had a thing on Twitter and, you know, and such. So he's trying to make a name of himself in the media business. And to me, he's using Eric Bieniemy because that's the hot topic right now. That That's really what it boils down to. Too many other yeah. coaches who have had less resumes have become head coaches, um, right. you know, the break. So for him to even say those types of things, just to me, it, 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 you, you're just trying to get your media job, baby. You can do it another way. You don't have to do it. <laughs> That's all I, I, I Oh I my goodness. So, so we talked about, you know, all-star and all of that, yeah. but the biggest thing was, was like the attendance and the ratings. Um, low record lows um they had one of the the worst attendance ratings they had one of the worst uh viewership ratings and it's not surprising right my thing is is that i'm confused as to why you think that utah just because they have a, a a a team there just because salt lake city has a team means that utah should have an all-star game if you want fans to come and engage and do certain things i really believe that you have to have specific cities be set up for these types of events it's no secret that basketball and nba is entrenched into urban culture now i'm not saying that uh you know non-urban cities shouldn't get these types of things but i do think that you have to give people more options did you know that you can't even like drink get a bottle of champagne you cannot buy and drink a bottle of champagne in salt lake city i would have been i would have been mad as i'll get out do you hear me i'm flying out the next day I'm flying Mm -hmm. out the next day Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so now so not only is there nothing really to do you're telling me what I can and cannot intake uh, as a grown-up. And I have a problem with that, okay? So I can't expect anything less than what we saw in terms of low attendance. To make matters worse, to make matters worse, Dawn, they probably didn't call Malone around as if... To, to be some type of Utah ambassador, okay? Utah Jazz, the home of <sighs> has a past that we are very well aware, aware of. And John Stockton, <laughs> who mm, the legendary mm. hat conspiracy theorist. So, like, no, like that wasn't, a, it just wasn't a good look. 
it just wasn't a good look. Like there's ways you can, you know, honor the greats or, you know, the people who do these things in the league a certain way without having to really give it such a broad platform like that. You get what I'm saying? Like, um, handle a dinner would have worked, you know, bring in some, some food and, you know, shout them out, let them talk, you know, take some hands and go about their business. But <laughs> this other stuff, absolutely not. And that's just one of the things that we have to talk about with players and their legacy. Like, sorry, but no. Fans, we like real fans, real people, real humans, real parents, like that watch this sport or watch these sports. We care about these images and the things that they continue to put up front in front of our children, as well as just our communities as a whole. So yeah, that was a huge problem for me. I was literally, literally pissed. I mean, I, I completely understand that the NBA is not in the morality business. I understand that. I understand that Carmelone is a legend in Utah. All those things can be true. But I think that you can also, like you said, I think you can privately celebrate somebody yes, if yes. they're sitting and not publicly put them on a platform where all we've received for the mo- or seen for the most part has been negative um, feedback yes. from people. Yes, um, yes. You know, it, it is no secret. And, and a lot of people have just, you know, it's some people that's just finding out about, you know, Malone's past in which, you know, he had a child by a 12 year old and then chose that not part. to be in the life of one of his sons who eventually went to the National Football League and played five seasons, by the way. But, mm-hmm. you know, people have, I, I've seen people ask, well, can't people, you know, be forgiven and given grace? You can, you can yeah. do that if, if you, are accountable in your actions and you figure out a way to do better. Carmelone has given yes. us nothing. nothing. We have not seen any mm-hmm. accountability from him. So why should we give mm-hmm. him grace for any of that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, our quick hit, you know, we just had to come with it. We just had some extra stuff that we wanted to share and talk about. And as just in general, as Black women in sports journalism, we don't usually have the opportunity to talk about real issues beyond the actual sport. And so it was great that we could take that moment to kind of hit hit on that before we go to this next break. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, before we go too, I I, I want to shout out, you know, the the black women journalists because we know it's not many. The Root did an article about where are the black women sports gen- the journalists, and it's not many of us. And so it is really, mm-hmm. you know, an opportunity for us to to come on here and talk about the topics, you know, that that are the hot topics, but really like get into detail about that. The Carmelo yes, topic, yes, yes. So for sure, for sure, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll be back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. 
Oh my God. We really needed that music. Oh, like, oh. When, like, <laughs> one thing about it that I just love about sports fans is we we have our moments, we have our loyalties, we have the things that are superstitions, like you know what I'm saying? Like it I just feel like this is a moment. Like that's just an amazing moment to just kind of like really be real about being petty. <laughs> yeah. Look, this is my favorite genre right now. People with tattoos uh, for their sports teams. I want to see more of it. Uh, yes. So we have more of that. Thank you so much, yes. John. This was uh, really fun. This is so fun. I'm and so I'm appreciative of you. Hope everybody yes. enjoyed. Thanks so. everyone for watching this. Y'all better be retweeting and sharing these clips. We appreciate y'all. Thanks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.